Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the Texas spirit alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is the beef. This is the beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. That's why we're giving small business owners a platform to share their stories. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows, the good and the bad, and everything in between. This is the Beef Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing in partnership with Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Oh, yeah. How can you not hear that and get pumped up, man? Every single time, ready for the next episode. Welcome, viewers. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Beef Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram. Make sure you're giving me a follow over there. We've been putting out some TikToks and some Reels, and it's been getting real crazy around there. So you definitely want to tune in and see what kind of shenanigans I'm getting into I'm never comfortable with it, but always having fun. Today on the show, I've got Kat. Kat is with Sisters in Service Podcast. Kat, welcome to the show. John, thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, yeah. I I say this every single episode. I really do. I'm a broken record. We're heavy in the veteran space here in, in Beefy Marketing. So I am so excited to have you on because anything we can do to support our veterans, I mean, y'all deserve it. You need it. So I'm excited to hear your story today and why you got into doing what you're doing and how you're going to turn that into a business. But we always start with an icebreaker question first. So today's icebreaker question is, what was your fashion sense like when you were a kid? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I have to tell you, I am a product of the 70s and all of the fashion that came with it. Yes. So I was super skinny. I was wearing hot pants, white go-go boots, all of that stuff, bell bottoms, fringe jackets, fringe purses, all of that. And it was one of the things that my parents allowed me to do is to wear what was ever in fashion. And so I went for it. I was going for all of it. You know, I had a big old afro and everything, you know, oh, <laughs> all <nice>. of it. <laughs> yes. So that typical 70s, like, yeah. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Very much so. I, I was born in 88. So I grew up in the 90s. It wasn't, I mean, definitely had their own style, right? The windbreakers and all that stuff. I, oh, yeah. I most definitely had a new windbreaker suit every single year, <laughs> usually right around Christmas time. Cause down here in Texas, it doesn't get very cold. I mean, no, it doesn't. This past Christmas, it was hot. So we get those windbreaker in the middle of our winter season when it actually starts to get cold. I didn't have a whole lot of the crazy colors, but I, I kind of went through moods. So, you know, whenever I got into high school, I thought I was going to be like that skater, punk, all black, that kind of thing. So I had like that real goth look to me. And then uh, I think I just kind of snapped out of it and just figured out I want to be whatever I want to be. So here, sometimes you'll see me in a cowboy hat. Sometimes I'll be in a t-shirt, a polo, workout clothes. We've been working out a lot lately. So I wear a lot of workout clothes now. I think one of the things is that we thought we looked good back then. Like you could not tell us we did not look good. Yes. You thought you were crazy. You were like, yeah, I look good. I know I look good. And then you look back and you go, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? (laughs) And in the 90s, especially the late 90s, bell bottoms were a big thing. I remember that, which was a comeback. Yeah. And we're seeing it again now in 2022, where so many of those trends are coming back around again. 
No, thank so you. Maybe you were onto something though. Now our, <laughs> you know, our kids are all like, oh, maybe I need to do what you know they did. I have the proof. Too. Right. I have the proof. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I need you to send me a picture of you with the fro, with the outfit. I need to see it because we grow up watching all the movies that have that that style in them. And absolutely, uh, it was something else, man. It was a totally different culture back then. Yes. I would, I'll, I will definitely agree with that. <laughs> definitely agree with that. All right. Well, we always stop here at the beef podcast to take a second and talk about our tremendous sponsor with this thing. And that's community bank of Texas. So community bank, they know that especially now the experience and availability of your banking partner is crucial. They're here to help your business and their bankers have been working diligently through these tough economic times to make sure that they're helping you with all of the things that may come up. You know, a lot of things keep us up at night these days, but our bank shouldn't be one of them. And when you bank with them, you have the freedom to focus on your business commitments instead of worrying about the commitment of your banker. At Community Bank of Texas, they're proudly committed to partnering with you and your business through all of it. I'm talking short-term hurdles, long-term growth, all the new directions you're spinning. Because when it comes to doing business, They simply deliver a better banking experience. Community Bank of Texas is a foundation you can build your business on for decades to come. Community Bank of Texas is business banking, better banking, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. And you know, Kat, as we start to jump into this, I know prior to the show, we were talking and you want this to be a business at some point, you know, and you're you're looking for maybe a sponsor like Community Bank of Texas. You're looking for ads. I mean, as podcasters, we dream of that day, right? Where we can get paid to do this. And I'm so lucky Community Bank actually jumped on ahead of time before we ever even launched the podcast because they just saw what we were doing for small businesses and said, we want to be a part of that. So my challenge for myself, I want to find you a sponsor that'll jump on for what you're doing for veterans. So if you would just, you know, wherever, (laughs) wherever you want to start, just start telling us about Cat. And Sisters in Service podcast, kind of take it away. You run a podcast. You know how to talk. So just tell us all about you. Oh, so long ago. No, I'm just joking. Um, I was born into the military, to be honest with you. My dad was already in the Air Force when I was born. So I was a military brat moving from different countries, different states. And some people would think that was horrible. I thought that's just how people lived. That's what you did. You went to one place for a few years, then you up and moved. And it wasn't until I got older and I had a child and I didn't really know what I wanted to do coming out of high school. And I was lost because back then, you know, your parents didn't say, oh, you know, what do you want to be? What do you want to, you know, they just kind of help you along now. But back then they just didn't. And so I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I thought, I know I will go into the military and give myself a little time to just think about. In the meantime, I get paid. I have medical dental. I can take care of my son. And lo and behold, I ended up staying 20 years. Wow. (laughs) Well, here's, I'm bad at math. I'm just going to tell you that. (laughs) I said I was going to stay in long enough to send my son to college, which I did. But when that happened, I only had five years left and you might as well just stay in at that point and, and get your pension. So. After my retirement was April 1st, 2000, no lie, April Fool's Day. (laughs) And the military makes you think that when you come out of the military, that you are, I'm going to use a sports analogy, a first round draft pick. Everyone's going to be throwing money at you, contracts at you. Hey, come work here, come work here. 
And I walked out with my DD-214 thinking there's going to be balloons and music and, and confetti. And there was nothing. And back then in 2000, there weren't all these organizations around mm-hmm. that, that are around now. And I kept thinking, what's going on? And I fell off the cliff. I walked out the door and fell off the cliff. And I'm doing this free float type of thing because I didn't understand what was happening. And I finally got my feet on the ground. And I remember going to an interview. And I swear that the young man in front of me must have been 12 years old. I don't think he was older than that. And he looked at my resume and he said, wow, he goes, you know, you're really qualified if you just had a degree. And I said, I did 20 years in the service. What do you want? Mm-hmm. And I was very discouraged. And I had always had one foot in the fitness industry. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to pivot and go that way, which is what I did. So I've been in the fitness industry for 37 years doing personal training and Pilates. And for a long time, I did not identify with being a veteran because civilians didn't understand. Mm-hmm. They, they just didn't get it. So I didn't really self-identify. And then 9-11 happened. And I remember going to the supermarket with my husband. And outside of the supermarket was this guy selling these flags, you know, that you could put on your car. And he said, ma'am, would you like to buy a flag? And I said, no. And he said, what have you done for your country? Mm. And I said, I did 20 years for my country. And I walked in the door. And it was that at that point, I said, you know what? Why am I hiding my veteran status? After a few years, we moved to North Carolina because the weather is so much better. (laughs) And I started going to all these veteran organizations, you know, all these meetups and coffees and everything. And the one thing that struck me was the fact that if you had 100 people there, all veterans, 95 to 98 of them would be men. And I kept thinking, where are all the women? And I didn't understand. And so in 2017, I got invited to this roundtable discussion with other women veterans. It was about 25 of us, all different genres, different stages of of being a military veteran. Some had just gotten out. Some had been out for years from Vietnam era. And we just talked and laughed. And even though we were different services, we understood what we were saying to each other. And that's what later became known as the Women Veterans Network, which is also known as Woven, that I'm still a part of today as a national consultant. And it was through Woven that I thought about doing a podcast. Now, keep in mind, I didn't listen to podcasts. My husband did. And I don't know where that idea came from. And I said, oh, I'm going to do a podcast. And I was, initially, I wanted to do it with Woven. And I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to do all this work, I want it to be my podcast. Because the longer I was around these women veterans, and the more I talked to these women who had just gotten out. Now, keep in mind, I, I got out in 2000. And these women were saying, I'm having such a hard time with transition. And I thought, are you kidding me? Even now? Because you would think after 20-something years, it would definitely be better. And it wasn't. And then I started hearing about all these women that were suffering from, you know, not just women, but men also from, you know, PTSD and military sexual trauma. And I thought, okay, I want to have this platform. So Sisters in Service is a platform for women veterans to speak on those things that happen to them in service 
and definitely out of service because when you're wearing the uniform, no one really wants to hear what's going on with you. Not emotionally. You know, if something happens to you, nine times out of 10, you're going to keep it quiet. Right. And then after service, no one wants to hear anything you have to say about it either because no one understands. So this is this platform that gives women a chance to say, this happened and this is how I got through it. Because there might be other women listening and struggling and wanting and thinking they're the only ones when they're not. And so Sisters in Service now includes not just women veterans, but veterans in general, veteran service organizations, military spouses, military brats, and veteran service organizations that help veterans and women veterans to get their feet on the ground. Because as veterans, if we don't help each other, no one's going to help us. So we have to give each other that leg up, that help up, that hand up, veteran to veteran. And so that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know of anything to to say to follow that up. I mean, that's that's amazing. What a what a great service. I guess in my mind, you know, we do see so many organizations for veterans now that you just kind of naively you you believe that everything's handled. You've got so many very I mean just very good organizations that are so focused on our veterans and you just think, all right, cool, they've got something for everyone. You know, you got boots for troops right next door to us that that sends those care packages. And uh when you get out, you know, you've got the VFW for those foreign war veterans that want to get together. And then you've got so many PTSD foundations that are together. We work with the Team Never Quit podcast, who tells all the stories of just everyday people that have gone through a bunch of crap in their lives and how they get through it, you know, whether it's a near-death experience or whatever. It seems like you have that support group. But what is the main problem that you kind of attack with this podcast? Is it widespread as well? I think with the podcast, I want number one, women veterans to stand up and say they are veterans because there are still women out there who don't identify as veteran. And that blows my mind. Yes. You're, you're right. I mean, like I think of the military and I think of it as a badge of honor because everyone gets thanked for their service in my mind, because that's how I was raised. My dad's a veteran. You know, my sister's a veteran. Like I have so many veterans in my family that we thank them for their service. So that, absolutely. But I think that, you know, I've heard stories of women in their own families being told that they weren't veterans because they because they sat behind a desk mm. or because they didn't fight in a war, that they weren't really veterans. And if you've worn the uniform, you're a veteran. Right. And I think when I got out, there was hardly any organization around. Well, if there were or was, I wasn't aware of it because the military didn't tell me. I think the problem now is that there's so many. It's like drinking from a fire hose. You don't right. know where to start to even begin to think of what it is you need and what it is you want. But I think the main goal of the podcast is women standing up and being counted as veterans, but also educating civilians about what it's like for us because we are not seen. And I don't want to say we're invisible because we're not invisible. It's other people not seeing us, understanding yeah. that we did serve. And to give you an example, my husband and I, of course, before COVID, would go to an event and my husband would say, yes, we're retired military. And they would have all these questions to my husband and 
bless his heart, he would just point to me and say, she's the veteran or the retiree. And they would look at me and they, and the questions wouldn't be there. They were just like, oh, thank you for your service. And then they would just go to some regular chit chat. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, the same questions you had for my husband are the same questions that I can answer. Right. So I don't understand. Another example was there's a supermarket here in, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina that has veteran parking. And if it's open, I park there. And on my license plate, it says Air Force retiree. And I remember parking there and getting out of the car and this gentleman said something to me about, you know, I shouldn't be parking there, even though I'm driving my husband's vehicle. And I said, you know, I'm actually the veteran. And he said to me, and I quote, you don't look like a veteran. What does a veteran look like? Thank you. (laughs) That's what I, and you know, I was so shocked by that. You know, what I should have said was obviously you're not a veteran. Right. Because another veteran would say, oh, wow. What's, you know, when did you serve? You know, what branch did you serve? So I was just caught off guard because something like that had never happened. But, you know, I'm ready next time. It hasn't happened. See, just because I'm ready. (laughs) Yeah, now you want it, right? (laughs) You know, one of the connections we had, because for our listeners, we we met virtually in uh, Clubhouse. Really cool app that if you're not using Clubhouse, I don't know what you're doing with your life because there's something for everyone there and there's so many opportunities to learn. I mean, I've had Sean Anthony on the show. I think we were in one of his rooms together at some point. Yes. And there's so many leaders in that space right now that are just throwing out knowledge. And right now it's kind of unregulated and it was, you know, totally free with no money option. And now there's some money that you can start throwing at people. So it's a growing service. And and thankfully it led me to you. And one of the big things in your profile and something you said while you were speaking in that room was you're heavy into all first responders, not just military, but you want to talk to anybody and have that conversation and having this talk about the way people responded to you. I guess you and I live in a different world because I'm a first responder. So full-time I'm a firefighter and we're very similar because fire is paramilitary. So we have our rank structure, our chain of command expectations. And I guess it's just between veterans and first responders, we live like a more raw lifestyle where, like you said, in our minds, I don't care if you're white, black, Hispanic. I don't care if you're straight or gay. I don't care if you're vegan or eat meat. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. <laughs> if you do the job next to me, then you're my brother. You know, right. and my, I had a female firefighter forever. And I told her, I said, when I tell people you're my fireman, that means firewoman too. Like, don't take offense to, uh, right. I didn't say that she's my firewoman or a firefighter. I'm like, no, that's my fireman. Why? Like because airmen. Airmen. Fireman will kick another <laughs> fireman's ass in a heartbeat because she's a bad son of a gun out there on the fire field, you know? And uh, we just live that raw, rough. And I guess it's different than some people, you know, of course, I mean, I'm not military. My family is, I'm not, so I don't say civilian life, but it is kind of that way for first responders of, we don't live that civilian lifestyle where there's so many Karens that are out there. It's like, if you stepped up to somebody in the military and said that you're going to get your jaw smacked. Right. And I think it's structured, you know what I, so what I mean by that is in the military, there are systems in place, just like if you're a first responder. There are certain steps that you go. You don't just fight a fire with, you know, a garden hose. You don't just pick up a hose. There are certain steps you take as a first responder 
to fight a fire, you know, the things that you do. And in the military, it's the same way. There's a system. So when you get out of that, you're still looking for that system. You're still looking for that mission. So a lot of military people who are now veterans, I find, go into things such as a first responder, firefighter, or emergency responder Absolutely. because because of the system. And it makes sense. And, you know, so I'm I'm eventually going to include first responders, especially veterans who are first responders or firefighters. Yes. The veterans um, don't know it. Be, I'm sorry to interrupt, but if veterans don't know this, a lot of organizations like that give extra points on the testing processes for that veteran status. So you do get that when you walk out, you can put your chest out and everyone's going to bow down to you. We don't do that, but you get extra points on your testing. Process, <laughs> oh, darn. You know, because, yeah, I know, right? Um, you come from that that background, that structure, and because we're paramilitary, you normally fit well. I mean, we have a lot of veterans at Tomball Fire Department where I work. Two of our battalion chiefs, one is ex-Air Force, and uh, if he's listening and I say this, he's going to kick my ass for it, but one's an ex-Marine. Uh, Ooh, you know, you're never an ex-Marine. <laughs> I know, chief. I know. No. So, you know, one was Air Force. One of them was Marine Corps. And he's actually, he's not even an ex-Marine. So I'm really wrong. He's active. He actually just got back from a deployment a year or two ago. Uh, he was on leave for a while from our department. So I, I think you're right. A lot of people do jump into that because there is that structure there. And it's it's nice to have that. I can see where when you get out and you don't have that guidance anymore, or that mission to go to, it's like, what do I do? And, and like you said, it's like drinking from a fire hose. You're totally overwhelmed. And where do you go? So I think the other thing too is, I'm sorry to mean to no, interrupt. You're good. This is a conversation. I, th I think the other thing too is, you know, if you, a lot of times people get out and they go right into the same job that they had in the military, but outside of the military. And then they find that they're not according to, whomever interviews them, that, that it's not equal. So a lot of people say they get out, they were doing something in the military, and then they get out and find out that, you know, they can be a cop or a security guard, not that anything is wrong with either one of those. However, when you've been getting paid a certain amount of money, that's, those are your expectations. And I think, you know, being a first responder is more of that structure. But when veterans get out, they find that they don't fit into the corporate organization very well. And that can be disarming, to say the least, to find out that, you know, you just, we're always mission oriented. I don't care if you're in the service or out of service. And so when you go work for a civilian organization, you're looking for that mission. What's the mission? And, you know, you get your mission done and someone says, oh, I don't like this because I don't like the color paper it's on, or I don't like the font, you know, and you're like, this is stupid. It yeah. still says the same thing. Right. I don't understand. And so it's little things like that because in the military, you don't have to deal with that because number two is that, you know, John, if you're my boss in the military and our boss says work together, even though we don't like each other, we get it done. We yep. get the job done outside of the military. If you're my boss, but you don't, I can be the best of the best of the best in my job. But if you don't like me, you can find some way to get rid of me. Yep. And that's, that's just, it's not fair. So a lot of veterans flounder a little bit, but a lot of them 
find what they're trying to do because they become entrepreneurs and they, they have their own business or they go into being a first responder. Fair enough. So right now with the podcast, are you focusing on anything else besides just recording episodes? Like, do you have a Facebook group where veterans can come together? Like, are you hitting other avenues yet? I am. I'm, I'm, I am all over social media. I don't have a private page. I do have a page because, you know, I'm just letting people know that we're out there. You know, my podcast is not quite a, in April will be a year and a half. And I think I've, I've made a lot of progress and had a lot of growth because I'm always open to learning from anybody. That's why Clubhouse is huge. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that sounds like a good idea. And I write it down. So whenever I hear a little tidbit of information that I think might work, then I put that into play. And someone in Clubhouse, his name is Sid Meadows, and he told me something that I remember to this day. He said, always be testing. Try it. See if it works. It may work for your podcast. It may not work for mine, but it might work for mine, but not for yours. You just never know. So try it. I have what I call the 90-day rule. I'll try something for 90 days. It either works or it doesn't. If it doesn't, it's okay. But if it does, that's a huge step forward. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, so like, I guess what's your five-year plan or your 10-year plan? You know, once you, once you get this thing exactly where you want it, what's it going to look like? Because of course, you know, doing this to support your brothers and sisters in service. I mean, it's an amazing, fulfilling thing. If you never make a dime, I'm sure you're still going to be filled to the top with joy inside yourself, but absolutely, I'm sure you'd love to monetize. So, you know, what's your goal? I there? would love to monetize. <laughs> right. You know, if I never monetize the podcast, you know, I'm okay with that because this is for and about veterans and will always be for and about veterans or, or even those people that serve the community. However, that's not to say that if someone, a company said, hey, we really like what you're doing and want to support you, would you be open to us monetizing? Absolutely. Right. It opens up what you can do. It allows you to yes. actually put funds toward doing more. So it's not a selfish reason of well, yeah, I want to do the same thing I've always done. And now I want to collect money. It's, I want to expand my mm -hmm. services. So that's what I'm so interested in is what do you really, I mean, do you want to be that nationwide organization where people come to you when they get out? You know, what's your goal? I want to be on a stage and speaking to organizations to help them understand what it's like for us to be veterans, what it's like for us to come out of the military and what our expectations are when we do get out of the military and come to your organization, that's what I want to do, you know, to be able to speak to other women veterans and say, look, when I got out, I fell on my face, but I'm here to talk to you now because I didn't quit. And that's one of the things that veterans have is that I am not quitting. They don't quit. They have perseverance. Mm -hmm. They have tolerance. They have all of that because nothing this small is going to stop us. You know, we wore the uniform. That's one of the hardest things to do for 1% of the population that does. So even though we fail over here, and I, I don't like calling it failing, it's failing forward because you're realizing that's not for you and you can try something else. And, you know, if I told you I did all, I mean, I sold everything under the sun from Tupperware to makeup to essential oil, you name it, I sold it because I was searching for something. 
And I feel as though podcasting is that perfect fit for me because I like to talk. I like to talk, as you can tell. Yeah, uh, me too. (laughs) I'm the same way. (laughs) And I don't have a problem with that. And I love meeting people. So this was perfect because it's, it just fits right in. And, you know, I want to be able to travel around the country and, you know, go to these different places and, and talk to people and let them know that it's okay to feel like you're not moving forward. I can tell you that just be still for a moment and think about what it is you want and make that one small step forward. And you'll find that you're going to get to your goal. Yeah. Now it's a worthy cause. And that's why I ask it the way I do is because I want to, I want to know what the goal is because I mean, I'm going to be honest, you know, beyond just getting that exposure for companies and for podcasts and for people beyond getting the exposure here to another audience, you know, my circle of influence, I want to support your organization because like I said, here we support veterans already and so much of my family, you know, they're veterans. I can't wait to share this episode with my sister so that she can hear it. And, you know, we've never really talked a whole lot about her military experience. Like I know she was in it and I know, you know, just the very basics, but we've never had a long conversation about like, this is what I did. This is when I was in, this is what I, when I got out, this is something I went through while I was there. This is what I went through when I got out. And so I just kind of want her to see, you know, an organization like this. I know she likes to take part in helping other people and, and having that sense of community, even though she's kind of an introvert. So I'm excited to share this with other people, but you know, I want to going forward, I guess the big thing, I always try to encourage my listeners to support other people that we have on in whatever way, like, you know, another company that has, they have veteran, if they call it superhero parking, they have veteran parking and first responder parking. It's well, the I same like one. superhero parking. Yeah. Captain Brad's <laughs> Coastal Kitchen. If you go back and listen to episode one of the beef podcast, Captain Brad's Coastal Kitchen, we talk about it in the episode. She has superhero parking right up front and it says, you know, fire, police, EMS, military, all that stuff. And it's just such a cool thing to give a little bit of something back. And I'll tell you, if a guy would have got out and said that to you, Brittany, the owner probably would have come out and socked him in the mouth for you. So <laughs> you wouldn't even had to worry about it. She'd have had a response for him because she really right. appreciates people. And, you know, I guess that's the biggest shock to me through this podcast that I learned is how disenfranchised you can feel as yes. a group. And you wouldn't think you would, because first of all, that 1% is a group of hard asses usually, you know, and so yes. they're, they're just used to it. And then number two, I I did, I had that, that misconception of, yeah, once you get out and you flash that card going for that job and say, yep, you check that box. It's like, okay, cool. We're putting you up front. I wish but, that were the case. I really do. I, yeah. I wish that you could put, you know, veteran up there at the very top and your resume just floated on top. Now that's not to say that, you know, if you're not qualified, of course, you know, of someone's course. better qualified. But I, I wish that were the case. When you asked me that question about my five year, I just thought of something. I really want to go to Washington, D.C. and speak to those people in Washington, D.C. and give them a firsthand view from a female veteran about what it's like for us. Because I think they hear it and they read about it, but I want somebody to do something about it. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of, I mean, I hesitate to say heroes because I know how first responders, military, you know, I know how we feel about that term heroes. Like I'm not a hero, 
you know, I ride on a fire truck. It doesn't make me a hero, but there are sometimes fitting people that you should call a hero, but you know, like the heroes of nine 11 yes. and how much it took of going and talking to those people to get them to finally do the right thing and take care of all of the military police, fire EMS that responded. Couldn't have taken that. No. It should have been automatic and automatic. Like I it think everyone like, in America how much do you need? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. How much do you need? It shouldn't have been this fight. And that's what I'm talking about is some things get pushed through so quickly and you think, wow. And then other things, it's been years. You know, I, I just want to say this real quick. I did a, a solo cast on the women of the 6888 Battalion, and it was an all black, all female group that served in World War II. And they helped. I can't say they helped. They were responsible for the entire morale during World War II because no male was getting in or out of the country. And they sorted, I I think it was 1.7 million pieces of mail in three months. And the army said, we'll give you six months to a year. We don't think you can do it. And they did it. (laughs) They are up for a congressional gold medal. And I'm hoping that someone who hears this will has some influence to get that because I think they deserve it. But those are the kinds of things I'm talking about, you know, that it's taken all this time and it shouldn't, it should, it's like, what did they, uh, sure. You know, first response, what did they do in nine? Sure. Let's do this. What do you need? Yeah. yeah it's so I guess it's a good thing. I'm not up in Washington. <laughs> I, I, I wish you were. I mean, I love it when I see, anybody that's got that experience, whether again, it's police, fire, EMS, military. I think we just have a different mindset. Yes. You know? And not all of us, cause there's some Karens that get in, but yes. for the most part, I think most of us are just, I don't understand half of the problems that we have in this country because I'm like, well, yeah, some people are a-holes and they're going to be yes. racist or sexist or, you know, whatever, like the guy you had at the supermarket, it, it happens, you know, I think as a society, we've come a long way, but those people will always exist. And I mean, me personally, I'm just going to deal with them directly, you know, and I like that. (laughs) I like when people just deal with them directly. Yes. Um, It's unfair and it's unfortunate, but the ones who deserve the recognition who have been left behind by those simple minded type people, uh, you're right. It's we've come a long way and we still have a long way to go and we need to hurry up and get our butts in gear and get there because there are a lot of groups, regardless of any background, there are many people that are heroes every single day. They get seem to be left behind by this country. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we get caught in the weeds. Sometimes we get caught in all these little bitty details, right? The details are going to, they're going to be there, but they're not as big as the problem at hand. Yeah. So if we just take care of the problem, then what is the problem? <laughs> On your show, have y'all talked much about, I don't know if you've been following the uh, the story and, you know, this is on me. I should not forget her name because everyone should remember her name. But the girl out of Colleen, Texas, that was on, on base and was sexually assaulted and then disappeared. Yes. And was murdered. Yes. You no. Know, and the cover up that followed. And how secretive everyone is. Do y'all, I'm sure you're ripe with stories. Not that I want to hear them, you know, on this platform, but do y'all get into some of those types of stories and talk about some of the tragedies that are occurring both for 
men and women, straights and homosexuals. And I mean, you know, we've seen the movies, we hear the news stories of people that are abused for things they can't control. All of it. Yeah. We, we've discussed all of it. And what's funny is when something like that happens and my husband had asked me, he said, have you ever been sexually assaulted or anything like that? And I was like, no, because when I first heard about it happening and, and then moving forward, it's happening more. I'm thinking, what is going on? Yeah. And I think the one problem is that a lot of the women report to male supervisors who report to a male supervisor mm-hmm. who report to a male boss. And they do one of two things. They either scooch it under the rug or they remove the problem. And the, rep- the problem goes to another base. So it's someone else's problem now. Yeah. You can't look bad on, on my CO or look bad on my base or look bad on my. Yeah. Right. You know, and our branch. Yeah. And so they, they just want the problem to go away, but that's been something that's been happening in the military for a long time. I truly believe they need someone who has either been in the military and is now out, but they have no affiliation with anyone on the base. They're like a separate entity. And if someone happens to be assaulted or mistreated in any way, shape or form, they can go to this person and tell them in confidence. And that person reports directly to either the vice president or the president. I think that's the only way it's going to happen. Yes. Because if you go through the joint chiefs and all this other stuff, it's going to get scooched under the rug again. Oh, that's not a bad, that's not a big problem. I think there needs to be a direct line, but you know, it's, pie in the sky. That's, that's my idea. (laughs) It just, the reason I asked that and kind of went on that little tangent was it sounds like your organization aims to be one that everybody fits. Like if, if I was a female that was in the service, got out and everything was fine while I served and everything was fine when I got out and I had all the answers, they need to be a part of your organization so they can help lead others down that same path. But if someone had a really bad time, I know, right? And it's like, but if somebody had that really bad time, they need to be there to share that story. Or if someone did just fine while they were in, but got out and now they're just, you know, suffering from PTSD, be a part of this organization because, you know, you've got so many people to reach out to. And then I'm assuming that, you know, you work with like Woven. Why isn't Woven sponsoring your podcast yet? Come on, Woven. Don't you fit their mold pretty well? (laughs) I do. But Woven is different in the fact that we, Woven gets grants from organizations. So we're not a 501c3. And, you know, if it was an organization, I would be asking the question, but, you know, in defense, they, you know, our director and co-director, Tara Golovsky and Amy Street are always writing grants and, you know, to make sure that, that, you know, this program continues the way it's supposed to. And so there's no one that's omitted on my podcast. We've talked about all of this. I've, I've had women on my podcast, even in Australia, I had, I did a series of sisters in service down under Oh, that's awesome. and I wanted to really know what it was like for women in another country. And yeah. you know what? It's very similar Very, you know, the things they call their clothes and what they do is different, 
Right. But the things that happen to them are very, very similar. And I thought, this is crazy. You know, so I'm going to be reaching out to other countries. I want to reach out to like Germany and and Canada and all of those and, and talk to these women over there and say, hey, what, you know, contact me. Let's, let's talk. I want to know what it's like for you guys over there. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. How, because you say sisters in service, that doesn't mean sisters in United States service or anything else. It's such a broad audience and group of people that can come together. Exactly. I, I mean, I get paid. I say part-time, but I work probably full-time at both jobs, really. Part of my part-time job is just strictly networking. You know, again, it's how we got together here. And I'm like you. I love I love when you have that opportunity to just find out more about people from all across the world. You know, and you're yes. not just limited to people that were in the Army or people that were in the military service as a whole, Air Force, Navy, Marine Corps, all that stuff. It's like, no, we're going to find out how it is in the military everywhere. And then take those women that are suffering or are struggling or, again, even are perfectly fine and just give them a sisterhood that they can be a part of. That's really Absolutely. Cool. Because, you know, we're, we're all sisters in service at some point. You know, if you've worn the uniform and you get out of the uniform, you still want to be of service. So we're not only sisters in service in the service. We're also sisters in service out of the service but helping other people. And that's what I find is the common thread is that even though we served, we still want to be of service. Period. Gotcha. Well, I mean, it's a great story. So I want to support you, like I told you, but well, for our you. listeners, how can they support you? Whether it's buying merchandise, just listening to the podcast or, you know, sending you a check in the mail or whatever it may be, uh, sharing your Facebook content, or if you're on Instagram, following you on Clubhouse, tell me all about it and how we can support you and what means the most for you. Well, I'm on all social media platforms. If you type in Kat Corchado, C-O-R-C-H-A-D-O, or Sisters in Service on any platform for podcasts, it should pop right up. It's purple, which is my favorite color. So when you see that, you'll know it's me. But I think one of the things that I love is when someone, and you know this, or maybe maybe you don't, I think you do though. When someone, when you don't think that anyone's really listening, your numbers are kind of like, yep. you know, it's growing, but a little bit at a time and you're kind of getting a little frustrated. And out of the blue, you talk to someone and they say, wow, I just have to say that I listened to your podcast and what a gift it was. And you think, holy crap, people are listening. <laughs> yeah. I just had this conversation this morning. <laughs> so, you know, when you listen, even though it may not pertain to you, it may pertain to someone you know, please share. Yep. Just share it with someone. Be a part of my journey by you know sharing it, by liking it, by letting me know. If you're a woman in the service, out of the service, let me know what you want to hear. You know, because I'm working on something now where I want to talk to people who do alternative methods for PTSD. What kinds of things have they been working on aside or in conjunction with medication? What else has helped? And so yeah. I'm working on that. But yes, thank you so much. No, I, you know, like I said, the whole point of this podcast is to share your story 
so that people have more of a reason to support it, which with you, you know, what more reason do you need than veterans? But yeah, just getting that story out there and telling them why you're doing what you're doing and where you want to move forward to and how we can get you to that point. But you're right. I just had this conversation with Andrew this morning. You know, it's hard because some of the podcasts that we produce here are are big time podcasts. One of them is one of the top Apple podcasts that exists. You know, like it's it's a really congratulations, they do really strong on their numbers. And I mean, of course, you know, we have a great we have a great process here. But you know, when you're Marcus Luttrell and Morgan Luttrell and Team Never Quit, and you've been on the Patriot Tour, you're going to get those numbers as long as you have something good to talk about. And yes. what better than hearing other people's stories and how they didn't quit and how they overcame? And you know, very similar to what you do, just a different focus. And so, you know, I'm kind of dwarfed by that here because we all have that in our minds because we see the success of what those uh, guys are doing over there. And and so I'm like, all right, cool. I'm ready for 60,000 monthly downloads every <laughs> single month, you know. And you know when you start, you're like 40. <laughs> 40 downloads for that episode. You're like, okay. 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 (laughs) I got a long way to go. (laughs) Um, But, you know, and then, and then I watched that grow to a hundred and then 200 and, you know, I see the monthly grow and people are telling me, you know, like you said, when, when people just reach out to you and they're like, Hey, I listened to that episode and I really loved it. And here's why, or uh, we were just at the gym today. And a guest we had on the podcast for an episode we recorded yesterday said, yeah, we were listening when uh, we heard Captain Brad's episode and we went to eat at Captain Brad's. And I'm like, that is what this is about. Is Even if it's only a group of 200 people per episode, it's 200 people that are listening and saying, oh, okay, well, I like podcasts and, you know, I can add sisters in service to it. And I can go listen to her podcast and have something else to listen to on my lunch break instead of my ride home or, you know, whatever the case may be. I really want people to follow and support these groups and you don't have to spend money to do it. We always joke and and say like, all right, how do we support you? Of course, sending you a check or, you know, giving you my money or buying your products is what you want. (laughs) But in the end, what really means something is as easy as, you know, spending $0 by clicking play or subscribe or leave right. a review or sharing it as a link with your friend. All that stuff really adds up in the podcasting world. And I don't think people understand it when I hound them all the time. I'm like, Hey wife, did you listen to that last episode? <laughs> uh, you know, Hey buddy, did you listen to that last episode? I'm like a, a loan shark out there, you know, just you owe me an episode. Let's go. <laughs> you know what I find? What, what I try to remember is someone said to me, they were complaining that they'd only gotten maybe 25, 30 downloads on an episode. And someone said, what if you were speaking and those 25 or 30 people showed up? Yep. Would that make a difference? It's the same thing. So, you know, as long as you're trending up, then I'm okay. Agreed. I'm okay with that. And you know what's weird? Someone's listening. (laughs) Very few people, but I have had it happen where I tell people, I'm like, hey, let's get you on an an episode. I love your business. I want to support you. And they're like, "Mm, a podcast. How many listeners do you have? Mm, Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, you know, or they, they blow me off completely. And and just like you, I say, this is, I'm not charging for this. This is a free opportunity. I just want to network, hear about you, 
uh, nine out of 10 times. Next time I visit, if it's a restaurant, you're giving me a free drink or, you know, a free appetizer, or I, I get my payment just out of helping you. And then we become friends. Like that's how my payment works. Like you said, it's a free opportunity for 200 people to hear about sisters in service. And so that's what I can't imagine is like, if I gave you the opportunity to just talk to 200 people and give them your spiel, how much would you pay for that? Because cost per click costs a lot. So, (laughs) you know, putting together a lunch for a room full of 200 people so that you can talk about your product for a little bit costs a lot. That's a lot of money, too. But it's free for 200 people to check in and say, you know what? We've been talking for 50 minutes. For 50 minutes, 200 people said, I want to hear about sisters in service. Yeah. This is basically an advertisement. I tell people all the time, I'm like, it's an advertisement for your business. Hopefully the listeners don't get this because I'm tricking them. I'm just making it to a way that they like to hear it. Instead of hitting skip on the TV show they're watching, they go, well, wait a minute. I want to hear that advertisement because it's interesting. You know, you're having a, a good conversation. So. I, I love it when enough. people, especially with guests, you know, sometimes they don't understand what, what type of podcast. And I'll say, well, you're going to send me questions. And I'm thinking, okay, this is about you and it's about your business. And if you don't know about either, then maybe we should rethink why you're going to be a guest. Yeah. I've had a few, I think they just don't <laughs> understand, but I've had that happen too, where they're like, well, so are you going to send me like a list of questions ahead of time? And I'm like, I don't, that's boring. Why would I want to send yeah. you questions? I want to surprise you with weird questions and you have to figure out the answer. Yeah. Like, you know, just thinking on your feet, I think is cool. But I've had a couple interviews, you know, where people said, wow, I've never done one like this. This is so much fun. And I go, right. Yeah. It's so much more fun like this. I think our listeners enjoy it. And I want them, you know, listeners, I'm telling you right now, I want y'all to be more involved in this, you know, send me icebreaker questions or send me a weird question you like to know about a restaurant or company that you just want me to start working into that format. Like I would love for this to be an interactive show, you know, where we have a few people that are just kind of listening live and, and maybe throwing out questions, you know, on a live stream or something to where I've thought about doing that too. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not there yet. I think (laughs) the big thing is when you can think on your feet and answer without pre-recorded answers in your head, I think it shows how real you are with what you're doing. You know, and that's you where your, here and, authenticity and have your whole thing. comes in. Yeah, because you can have your whole thing well rehearsed before you get in here. And then it doesn't just, sound good though. No. Have you tried that scripted thing? It sounds like I never end. have because I've never <laughs> been interested. I wasn't a huge podcasting fan, believe it or not. I listened to Joe Rogan every now and then. That was kind of my first taste of podcasting because I thought it was going to be boring. But then I thought about it and was like, well, you like talk shows. So I don't understand what the difference is between listening to a radio talk show. And podcasting, it's a lot right. similar. So I like that free reign, just whatever we want to talk about, we're going to talk about. You never know what direction it's going to go. Absolutely. And sometimes you get some revealing answers to questions that maybe you weren't expecting, but they're just, you know, I mean, I have questions that I have written down because I don't want to forget. Sure. But sometimes someone says something, you know, in reply to a question and they're answering and all of a sudden they go to this different route. And all of a sudden it's just, you forget all about the questions because yep. now they've gone to this other realm. So That's it's very like. interesting to me. I love it. As you saw with my questionnaire, when you booked the meeting, you know, I, I get to know a little bit about you, like, who are you? What's your main goal? What's your company? 
Mm-hmm. And, and basically that's it. Cause it's like, I want to at least go into it knowing who you are. But yes. other than that, I want to find everything out as a surprise. And then my natural curiosity takes place. And my goal is to be the listener that's just here with those curious questions of what you do. So, oh, yeah. So I can't thank Absolutely. you and every guest we've ever had enough for coming on the show and, and kind of just, you know, throwing it all out there. And sometimes we get raw and real like this conversation we had today. And sometimes it's just lighthearted and fun. But I think this one's been a good mix of both. And uh, so I'll definitely be listening to a couple of episodes. I did start one. So I love how Thank your you. voice on your podcast is like so soothing. And yeah, it's just, it's kind of like listening to somebody meditate almost. At least the you episode wanna, I heard. You want to hear something funny? Years ago, my husband said, he goes, you have a voice for radio. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, you, you have that great voice. I was like, oh, get out. And then I start podcasting. I'm like... <laughs> And now it's come full circle, right? <laughs> yeah. I think I sound like an idiot, but I get a lot of compliments on the questions no, I you, ask. And, you have a good voice. And, and I know? love that. It's good to hear because I'm really yeah. here to just do a service for other businesses and podcasters and whoever I can help. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Beef Podcast. As always, you can catch us every Thursday, 5 a.m., and new episode drops. Of course, you can listen to it anytime, anywhere you get your podcast. We're on all of the big Spotify's, Apple, I mean, literally all of them, you can find us. So make sure that you are subscribing wherever you listen. Make sure you're leaving a review for us. Those things help us out tremendously. Get over to Sisters in Service and make sure that you're also doing the same for that podcast. It's a veteran space. We've got to get out there and support them. I know so many of our listeners probably are, so we just can't thank you enough for that as well. But that's it. It's been another episode of the Beef Podcast. John Kelly, aka John the Marketer here. I really appreciate you tuning in. And Kat, once again, thank you for being a guest. Thank you so much for the invite, John. We'll see y'all next time. You've been listening to the Beef Podcast, sponsored by Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more small business stories, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. To share your story, visit us at beefymarketing.com. Till next time, thanks for listening to the Beef Podcast.